eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company that provides life-changing nutrition information. Today's topic is food and autism. The rates of autism have increased worldwide in the last 40 years, which means most listeners either know someone with autism or know of a friend or family whose lives are affected from autism. So before we talk more about our topic, I'd like to introduce myself and my co-host. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. I teach classes typically at our YZ office, which is where I also see individual clients. And Kristen Gunderson is also here today with me. Kristen has firsthand knowledge of the impacts of autism because she's worked extensively with autistic children and their families. She also has a double major in sociology and psychology and an emphasis in behavior modification. Oh, and to top it off on her list, her resume, she is one of our top nutrition educators and she's our program coordinator. Somehow figures out all those hundreds of classes that we teach. Somehow, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Kristen. Well, good morning and good morning, everyone listening. So I'm really happy to be here today to share information on this topic. It's something that is near and dear to me. I um, met my first autistic child on April 30th, 1999. For some reason, that date will always (laughs) stick in my head. Um, And they've always just held a special place in my heart since then. Um, So I worked with the kids for 13 years, um, did behavioral therapy. We'll mention that um, a little bit later, but um, just got to go into their homes and work with them one-on-one. And if anyone watched the show Parenthood, it's basically what Gabby did with Max, um, the child with Asperger's on that show. That's what I did Um, and then managed cases. And it was just very fulfilling and, and an awesome job, but um, so thanks for having me here today. Well, yeah, yeah, you're the perfect person to to be here today to talk about this. And I'd like to, you know, just share how common autism is. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention state that around one in 68 American children are on the autism spectrum. So that's a tenfold increase in prevalence in the last 40 years. Yeah, and it's a it's a big increase even since I started with them in 99. So studies are showing that Autism is actually four to five times more common among boys than girls. So one in 42 boys and one in 190 girls are diagnosed with autism or somewhere on the autism spectrum in the United States. So it's actually the fastest growing developmental disorder in the U.S. and costs a family upwards of $60,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. And autism spectrum disorder is estimated to affect more than 2 million individuals in the U.S. and tens of millions worldwide. So not only is the prevalence increasing here in our country, but Mm -hmm. in many countries around the world. And World Autism Day is coming up in just a few days here on April 2nd. Eight years ago, the United Nations called for one day a year to be designated as World Autism Day. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of World Autism Day is to increase awareness about people who have autism, especially the kids. And in our country, you know, there's the the World Autism Day, but 
we also have National Autism Awareness Month in mm-hmm. April. So, you know, in honor of these two days, we're going to spend the hour talking about how nutrition can make a difference in improving the lives of those with an autism diagnosis. But before we get into specifics on what nutritional strategies have been found to improve symptoms, uh, let's discuss some characteristics and symptoms first. Sure thing. So autism is a developmental disability affecting brain function. The official terms autism spectrum disorder um, and the term spectrum refers to a wide range of symptoms, skills, levels of impairment or disability that are present. So a lot of times you'll hear parents in the community um, say, I have a child on the spectrum. Um, and everyone sort of knows what that means amongst themselves. So some are mildly impaired by their symptoms, while others might be severely disabled. And each person with autism is unique. I definitely saw that um, with the over 40 kids I worked with. None of them were the same. Hmm. It was it was pretty cool. I, they all had their mm-hmm. special, um, unique things. And um, they had s- exceptional skills in music. Some will have um, exceptional skills in math or art. Um, some will have above average intelligent, uh, intelligence. About 40%, though, have intellectual disabilities with a lower than average IQ. And others will be significantly disabled and not able to live independently. So it's all across the board. And we'll talk about some of the signs. You know, we don't, that's not really what our show is all about. But the first signs usually appear in infancy and early childhood Mm -hmm. before a child is typically two or three years old. Uh, Many basic areas of development can be delayed, such as learning, learning to talk, play, and interact with others. Autism is characterized really by three core areas. The first area is difficulties with social interaction. The second area is challenges communicating. And the third is the tendency to engage in repetitive behaviors. And no single cause has been established for autism, although genetic and environmental factors are implicated. So treatment's going to be a combination oftentimes of behavioral therapy, and that's what my background was in, medical therapy, um, and nutrition therapy. So there's a lot of growing evidence that nutritional therapy can make a big difference to children and adults with autism. I think this, the studies are more on children just because mm-hmm. that's usually when the diagnosis yep. is first made. But the, the right food is definitely not a replacement for other treatments, but can make a remarkable difference for some when used alongside those other mm-hmm. therapies. And along with brain-related disorders... Unfortunately, autism also brings with it many health issues. So it's really common, Kristen, you can probably add on to Mm -hmm. this, but, you know, you'll see anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, a lot of stomach issues, Mm -hmm. chronic colds and illnesses, and a lot of allergies and skin conditions, too. Yep, absolutely. I I saw all of that. Um, And... You know, we had kids that would be so uncomfortable now knowing from being in a nutrition world what that would be coming from maybe, and we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that, but they'd be pounding on their stomach, not be able to focus because they were uncomfortable, um, things like that. So, and lots of ear infections, um, all sorts of things Mm -hmm. like that. So Really uncomfortable abdominal issues and things like that. And that leads to behaviors. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So many doctors and practitioners who use nutritional therapy in their practice report 
that one by one, some of those health issues start resolving, which is amazing. Um, And what they notice is that as their patients get healthier, their autism symptoms often improve. So just like what we were talking about, sometimes those improvements are small, but um, they're definitely noticed and then they add up and the improvements can be dramatic. So I'm just going to give an example taken from Dr. Mark Hyman, um, his book, The Ultra Mind Solution. He's a medical doctor with several books. That's just one book. A family finds out that their three-year-old is on the autism spectrum disorder, and this child has also struggled with painful constipation, has eczema, and gets sick, you know, quite a few times in a year. So the parents decide to remove gluten from the child's diet. They reduce sugar. And they start giving the three-year-old a few supplements on a daily basis. So not only does this child's constipation go away and the eczema clears up, the frequent colds stop, the ear infections subside, this child also starts showing signs of improved communication Hmm. and some of the tantrums and behavior issues begin to improve. So, you know, Dr. Hyman, I like how he states this in his book, autism is a systemic body disorder that affects the brain. Hmm. So really what he's saying is that health issues throughout the body can affect the brain. Absolutely. And we want to emphasize that this child story is one example. Like we were saying before, every child and adult with autism has an individual situation and will have individual results with their therapies, including correcting their nutrition. So today we're going to be talking more about food allergies, sensitivities, and why they are common in autism. And we're going to discuss blood sugar and why many people with autism don't process sugar or high carbohydrate foods very well. Just like everybody. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And we're going to go over how certain food additives and preservatives often make the behavior symptoms worse. So with autism, nutrient absorption is typically impaired, which means there's going to be deficiencies of vitamins, minerals, essential fatty acids coming into the body. And research shows that most people who have autism also have unhealthy digestive systems. So I kind of want to start there, but I'm, I know that we have to take a break in just a few mm-hmm. seconds. So we'll, we'll talk more about digestion when we come back. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And quickly before we go to break, I'm going to talk about a new study that Science Daily reported on last month. Two researchers at Children's Hospital and Research Center in Oakland looked at the impact vitamin D may have on social behavior associated with autism spectrum disorder. Dr. Patrick and Dr. Ames found that three different brain hormones, one of them being serotonin, um, you know, that affects social behavior, serotonin affects social behavior, they're activated by vitamin D. Autism has been linked to low serotonin and linked to low vitamin D levels, but this is really the first study that has linked the two together. So, Uh, Kristen will give more details, and we'll be right back. Nothing's more important than the health of your child, and it all starts with food. How do you feel about what your kids eat, what you shop for, cook, and serve them? If you want to do better, if you need to know more to do it, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has the class for you. It's called Foods to Build Happy Focused Kids. It's cutting-edge nutritional research about using real food to boost brain power and build immunity. Now, I know what you're thinking. Sounds great, but how could I squeeze that into my hectic schedule? Listen to this. It's a class you take online. You learn when it's convenient for you. Take the class while you're waiting, during your child's sports practice or music lesson, or when you're up in the middle of the night. 
it's the perfect solution for families on the go. If you are what you eat, it's your job to make sure your small fry are not actually small fries. Register today. Go online at weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. You can do this. All right. Well, I hate to cut off Bruce, but welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kristen Gunderson, nutrition educator, and I'm here with Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist. Today's topic is food and autism, and we're discussing how certain foods and nutrients can affect autism spectrum disorders. Now, before break, Kara mentioned a study that linked low levels of vitamin D to low levels of hormones that affect social behavior in autism. So who would ever have thought that that connection was there? Um, The study suggests that vitamin D supplements would boost brain serotonin and help prevent or even reverse certain autistic behaviors. So vitamin D blood levels, you can totally get that checked easily. Simple blood test, we want to see between 50 and 80. And it actually is reported that over 70% of all people in the population of the U.S. are deficient in probably every single person mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't get a lot of sun these days, do we? No. <laughs> a safe adult daily dosage is 5,000 international units of vitamin D3. And according to Dr. Mark Hyman, the correct dosing is 1,000 units per 25 pounds of body weight. Mm. So, for example, I take 5,000 units every day and I give my three-year-old 1,000 every day just to kind of give people a reference if they want to give their kids vitamin D. People who are deficient really may need more than Mm -hmm. those doses, though. Yep. All right. Back to the talk. We're going to talk about the gut. So more than 50% of those with autism have GI symptoms. So gastrointestinal symptoms um, might include food allergies, malabsorption of nutrients, or maldigestion, which means they're not going to properly digest and absorb food into their systems to get the benefits of that. And some common digestive issues, these might sound obvious, but um, diarrhea, constipation, could be alternating diarrhea and constipation or mm. IBS, irritable mm-hmm. bowel syndrome, acid reflux and heartburn, like you were saying, Kristen, abdominal pain, like if the child was banging on his stomach mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah, um, bloating and distended stomachs are very common, food allergies and food sensitivities, and believe it or not, being a picky eater all of those things stem from, you know, an unhealthy gut. Mm-hmm. And so just think about it. If you had all of those issues going on, how easy would it be for you to focus? How easy would it right. be for you to learn? How easy? And you, a lot of these kids, as we mentioned, don't communicate very well, so they can't tell you. Um, so it's just, it all makes so much sense when you, you look at it mm-hmm. from that angle. So We recommend what we call healing the gut to help this out or healing the digestive system for anyone with autism. And again, anyone really. And the reason here is because poor gut health will increase those behaviors, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned, associated with autism. So people may have heard that term, gut, the gut brain connection. And there truly is a connection between our gut and our brain. Mm -hmm. These gut issues stem from a number of things. One of them um, that sets the main stage for poor gut health is a lack of good bacteria. A lot of people have heard about probiotics, and, and that's what we're talking about here. Babies who are breastfed, they'll receive good bifidobacteria right out of the gate, but those that aren't breastfed will often start out 
um, deficient in enough good bacteria to make them feel good. And another thing is that antibiotics kill off good bacteria. Several studies have shown that children with autism had, on average, a much higher usage of antibiotics than children without autism in their first few years of life. Yeah, and that's usually because of those ear infections I mentioned, respiratory infections. The immune system's just not as strong. And the antibiotics can cause overgrowths of yeast, um, bad bacteria is allowed to grow, And they're suspect that the cause of many gut problems we just mentioned Mm -hmm. is that basic lack of good bacteria. So we recommend that anyone on the autism spectrum starts taking a good quality probiotic. Now, it's important that it is good quality Mm -hmm. and also that it has the strain called bifidobacteria. We have this at our office. We have it in a capsule form. The capsules are actually very small. We also have it in a powder form. Both of these forms are going to help replenish the missing good bacteria. And it's completely safe for all ages, including infants and children of all ages. And me and you, I took my bifido this morning. I took mine too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It just helps, you know, it's like an insurance plan too against other things that (laughs) Mm -hmm. might crop in. Yeah. So many parents who have looked into this area for their autistic children will know there's that connection. They'll see the improvement Um, they'll get that good bacteria in and it will start to make changes. So this overgrowth of yeast, though, that could be happening in the gut. You know, if you think about it, what does yeast need more of to grow? Mm, Sugar. Exactly. So that your body's very Mm -hmm. smart. It's just wanting what it needs to thrive. And unfortunately, in there you have something that shouldn't be in there that's trying to thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, And the sugar cravings, the picky eating, the multiple food allergies can all pile on top of that. And our digestive tract, this is where a lot's going on. We absorb our nutrients. We filter out our toxins. It's where we make B vitamins. We make our good moon brain chemicals like serotonin, which we said on break that, you know, is typically deficient with autism. Well, and we make 90% of our serotonin in our gut. Amazing. And that's the stuff that makes us feel good, like Mm -hmm. you just said. Also, 75% of the immune system starts there and that's what's going to keep us healthy. Mm-hmm. So as we said, their immune functions down because things just aren't working right in there. Those guts need to be in tip top shape to support health to the rest of the body. So that's really, it's not like bifidobacteria right. is the end all be all answer. It's one really important step though, in healing the gut that has produced positive clinical results. And we talked about, we already mentioned the link between poor gut health and autism Um, So there's going to be inflammation as well in the gut. And this syndrome, you know, here's a term, Kristen, Mm -hmm. that you were talking about before the show, leaky gut syndrome, um, allows undigested food particles to get into the bloodstream instead of staying in the intestinal tract. Yeah, and that's something that I heard um, thrown around that term all the time back when I started with these kids. And I, like I said, I had no background in nutrition at the time. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, it was just something that was kind of assumed that your kid had leaky guts. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting, the connection there. Um, The body reacts to certain foods by creating an autoimmune response and making antibodies. But these antibodies are actually an allergic-type response. So allergies of all all kinds are more common in autism, 
And this appears to be because the body is more sensitive to many foods and chemicals because of the poor digestion Mm -hmm. and the inability to get rid of toxins and maybe the leaking of the um, food particles into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And the strongest evidence of foods that are linked to autistic behaviors are gluten and casein. So gluten, it's the protein found in wheat, rye, oats, and barley. Um, Casein is the protein that's found in dairy products. So a lot of parents and educators who have researched nutritional therapy for autism probably are familiar (laughs) with that term or the idea of going gluten-free and casein-free. If this is a new idea to you, I can imagine it would sound overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and that was another thing that was pretty commonplace back in the um, years that I was working with the kids. A lot of them were on gluten-free, casein-free diets. It's like they always went hand in hand. Um, And we work, our nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness work with clients on a regular basis to help them with gluten-free and dairy-free meal plans. Um, Typically, making big changes in eating patterns requires a lot of education and support. So that's what we provide We can give a few tips on our show today, but we also encourage listeners to download the many, Mm -hmm. many past shows we've done on eating gluten and Mm -hmm. dairy-free. There was even Cassie just and others. Was it it last week or two weeks ago? Maybe it was, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. within the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. So there was a great one on celiac and gluten sensitivity and the difference. And But, um, well, I'm just going to give a quick example of what a gluten-free, dairy-free breakfast would look like. Have some scrambled eggs with some nitrate-free, either sausage or bacon. Have a piece of fruit, like an apple or an orange. That's covering all your bases. You get your your good protein, your healthy fat, and your carbohydrate is the fruit. So all of those foods are gluten and casein or dairy-free. Wonderful. So since bread, muffins, bagels... Cereals, all the things that we're (laughs) probably giving our kids with autism, Um, milk, you know, all of these things are gluten or dairy filled. We would really recommend avoiding the cereal, milk, toast and bagels for breakfast and switching over to Cara's example of egg, sausage, bacon or fruit. But it sounds so good. It does. (laughs) And it's easier said than done. And that's why the nutritionist piece is so important, because they're really going to talk to you about real ways to make those transitions. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it's especially difficult with kids, but kids on the spectrum tend to be a little bit more rigid in their routines, and we can help with that too. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And, you know, it is time for us to take another break here. I do want to tell you about our Weight and Wellness series. It's starting, we have several series actually, starting the week of April 6th. The series lasts six weeks, and you're going to get the latest science of nutrition taught in a practical and fun way. They're interactive classes, so you can ask questions and share ideas among class members. Some people talk about grocery shopping and cooking and brands of foods. So whether you want to get rid of chronic heartburn, eczema, if you want to sleep better at night or improve your moods or lose weight, this series is for you. Now, if you have a question today about autism spectrum disorder, give us a call at the studio, 651-641-1071. Welcome back. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Kristen Gunderson, here with Cara Carper. Food and autism is our topic today. As Cara mentioned, we have lots of weight and wellness classes that are starting up the week after next, so they'll be held at all of our locations, all at the Nutritional Weight and Wellness offices across the metro 
um, St. Paul, Maple Grove, Lakeville, Wyzetta, and Mendota Heights. And we're going to have a Saturday morning in North Oaks. So you can call our office at 651-699-3438 or visit the website and sign up online at weightandwellness.com. So we were talking about gluten-free, casein-free, and, you know, examples of a gluten-free, casein-free breakfast. Kristen, one thing I've noticed is that when people initially try removing gluten and or dairy, let's just refer to casein and dairy as the same thing. Right. Um, they go to the grocery store and what they do is they try to replace all their regular foods that would contain gluten and dairy with a bunch of gluten-free, dairy-free foods that are really <laughs> high in sugar. Yeah. So I've noticed that there's cereals that are marketing that they're gluten-free, even mm-hmm. rice checks. Right. But if you look at the amount of sugar in two cups of rice checks, it's like 20 grams of sugar. So we're going to talk more about the effects of sugar. Um, but a lot of these foods that you'll see at the grocery store that are kind of being marketed as gluten-free mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's healthy. Right. You know, the cereal, the gluten-free cereal, the gluten-free muffins, breads and desserts, they're really high in sugar. So they just wouldn't be a good replacement. No. And we see this trend always in marketing. I mean, the fat-free trend came along and every food was listed as fat-free that wasn't healthy, including Skittles and Swedish fish, you know, fat-free. Now we're seeing the same thing with the gluten-free products, Mm -hmm. you know, gluten-free. It says gluten-free on candy. You know, it doesn't mean it's healthy. And, you know, if you never had a brownie before and now you're gluten-free, don't go out and buy the gluten-free brownies thinking that it's a safe choice. It doesn't mean it's healthy. It doesn't mean it's healthy Mm -hmm. at all. So, you know, you always hear shop the perimeter of the grocery store, and that's perfect, and that's exactly what we would recommend. You know, look for the veggies, the fruits, go talk to the butcher. Um, You might go into the center aisles for the healthier oils, um, for the coconut oil, for the nuts and nut butters, if you don't have a nut allergy going on in your house. But Really, all real foods, mostly except for some of the grains that we get into, are going to be Mm gluten-free. And then some of those grains you might want to add in, brown rice, quinoa, um, there are gluten-free oats, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to talk more about that. I just noticed we have a caller, though, so I'm going to take this call. It looks like Julie is on the line, who is an educator. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, Julie. Hi. Um, I just have a question. So I um, I teach students with autism, and I know the whole nutrition piece because um, I've taken many classes and I've had counseling. So, um, and most of my students are, most of the families are low income. Mm-hmm. So just wondering, like, and they're not going to be able to afford counseling. So mm-hmm. how do, um, how would you suggest, like, as an educator, like, gently approaching parents with this? Because, um just with the nutrition piece, because I know, like, I know that nutrition could completely help so many of them, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to go about it, or even if that's my role, or I don't right. know. Do you I have know any there's, <laughs> you know, and I, I was thinking about that when we were putting the show together because there's so much information that we are not obviously in one hour. We're not even going to be able to get, you know, the tip of the iceberg, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I would recommend is, I mean, all of our radio shows on, mm-hmm. on podcasts back several years, what, almost 10 years, yeah. are, uh-huh. that's a free resource. So yeah. there aren't going to be very many specific to autism, 
but people can piece things together. I mean, you could listen to all of the shows on how to go about eating gluten-free, casein-free. Uh-huh. Um, there's some good research resources out there as well. I came across one called the Autism Research Institute. Okay. I think it's ARI.com. There is some phenomenal research and papers on what's called biomedical nutrition. Have you heard okay. of that? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. So that's going to piece together, you know, um, the, all of the different diets that okay. have been successful because not one one diet is not going to necessarily be successful for everybody. Yes, that's correct. Um, it's yeah. also going to look at all the potential deficiencies. We'll talk more about these, a few of them today, but, you know, it could be B vitamins. It could be amino acids. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, it could be essential fatty acids. It could be all of those. There could be some heavy metals that need to be detoxed out mm-hmm. of the body. Uh-huh. So I would look at Autism Research Institute. Okay. And really, unfortunately, you're just going to have to do some of your own research because I can't, I can't think of just one right. specific. Well, and of course, if you, if you are in the position where you're providing snacks or anything throughout the day, it sounds like you uh-huh. kind of know what you should be having in there or could be having in there that would support them the best that yeah. you can when they're in your care. And then, like you said, you don't even know if it's your role to bring this up, but certainly if a parent would ask you now, you have a lot of resources to sort of drive them to. Mm -hmm. Yes. The problem with snacks I've been finding is they will not eat what I'm providing. Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because I know, you know, if their gut's not healthy, you know, all of that, like, they just want pretzels. Yeah, they sure do. And they, like, I have... Even protein sticks and cheese sticks and things like that, but they often won't eat those. Yeah. Well, and just one step is, you know, get the gluten-free pretzels. I can't tell the difference. And maybe have some nut butter if they don't have the nut allergies. I suppose that's not allowed in your Mm -hmm. school. Sunflower, Um, maybe sunflower butter. Yes. And then just have some fat with it and maybe, like you said, the um, beef sticks or cheese Mm -hmm. sticks, and then that would get a little balanced going. Yes. Okay. And we have some okay. reasonable classes too that um, you know, wouldn't be the same price as a consultation, but uh-huh. are more in the like the twenty five to thirty five dollar range. There's one foods to build happy focused kids. And we yeah. actually have one on ADD and ADHD and mm-hmm. a lot of those tips would help anyone. Yeah, they're gonna and, be yeah. across the board. Yeah. So um okay. you could look into those and then pass the word around about those classes too. Okay. Thanks That's for your we call. appreciate your work and your call though. All right. Yes. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. That was a really good, yeah. important question that time, yep. I, uh, you know, the, that thought occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can afford all of, you know, just coming in for right. counseling and exactly. what are some other Especially options. when they're spending $60,000 right. on right. just their kids. Yeah. So a question might be going through the minds of people listening. You know, we were talking about gluten-free, casein-free, getting uh, reducing sugar. Are people thinking, you know, is this going to be worth it for myself? <laughs> or is this going to be worth it for my child or my loved one to try this new way of eating? So I'd like to just talk about a large study that included 150 autistic children. The study was done by Dr. Robert Cade, professor of medicine and physiology at the University of Florida. So the children were tested for allergic antibodies to gluten and casein. of the autistic children um, had allergic antibodies to gluten. 90% had allergic antibodies to casein. Wow. So Dr. Cade also studied seven 
70 autistic children who followed a gluten-free, casein-free diet and found that 81% improved significantly by just the third month. So large improvements were observed Mm -hmm. in social isolation, (laughs) so they were reaching out more to others. Eye contact was increased. Mutism, um, them not talking or communicating, was decreased. Their learning skills were increased. Their hyperactivity was decreased. And the stereotypic activity, um, panic attacks, the perseverating, all of that was decreased. Among the 19% who didn't improve, about a third of them were not following a gluten-free and casein-free diet. So it does, you know, often to be effective, it does need to be implemented. Yeah, that would be helpful. Yeah. Yes. So as nutritionists and educators, another thing we know about the protein called gluten is that in some people, gluten mimics the body's own natural opioids in the brain. So when gluten is not digested properly, like with poor gut health, the gluten peptides bind to opioid. Am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Opioid, <laughs> I know, opioid receptors in the brain. So, Kristen, can you just explain in simpler terms what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So this means that for many autistic children and adults, when they eat foods like pasta, bread, cereal, bagels and cookies, these foods can become addicting. And that is true for everyone Um, the brain gets that temporary high from these starchy foods, and that's what makes them addictive. That's what makes them a comfort food for some. Um, So Dr. William Davis, a lot of you have heard the book, The Wheat Belly. Um, He's a cardiologist who wrote that book. He has an entire chapter in Wheat Belly titled The Addictive Properties of Wheat, Mm -hmm. and he explains that opioid effect that wheat can have on the brain for people. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, we only have 15 minutes left of our show. It's time for our last break. And you know, if you are familiar with our company, Nutritional Weight and Wellness, you might be aware that we teach classes. But I just wanted to kind of let listeners know, in, in case you haven't heard that, we teach classes to local communities and organizations. And my husband, Aaron, works for a nonprofit organization. It's called Minnesota Life College. Minnesota Life College is in Richfield. And they offer post-secondary life skills training to students with learning differences and autism spectrum disorder. Hmm. So we have a great partnership with them right now. And we're teaching classes to members of the community through the Southdale YMCA. And actually, one of our nutritionists has been going out there every couple of months to teach classes on relevant topics. Things like balanced foods for balanced moods, how to eat fast without fast food. Sound nutrition information is critical for those with learning differences and autism spectrum. And we are really pleased to be part of the support team. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we'll be right back. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. 
Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kristen Gunderson here with Cara Carper. And on break, we had a caller just kind of curious about how you could access our podcasts. And um, really, you can just either go to our website and hit radio show. You can listen right there to the past few or um, search for topics and look for shows that way. Or you can subscribe to Dishing Up Nutrition on iTunes and all of the shows will be downloaded right into your library automatically. It's pretty slick. So um, thanks for that call, and I hope that helps everybody. It's a great free resource, and it's um, chock full of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the U.S., over 30,000 additives and preservatives are used in the food industry. Two cups of Kraft mac and cheese, a small bag of Skittles, and an 8-ounce of Orange Crush Um, If you just substitute Mountain Dew there, that's one of the kids' meals I remember pretty much eating. (laughs) He loved mac and cheese and Mountain (laughs) Dew and Skittles. Um, But that's going to be containing 102 milligrams of artificial dye. Behavioral tests found as little as 30 milligrams, and I just Mm. said that had 102, can cause adverse reactions. So some European countries actually allow fewer than 20 mm-hmm. in their products. And so, how many do we have? <laughs> 1,000. 3,000. Was it 30,000? Oh, gosh, yeah. It's that's, just frightening. <laughs> it's frightening. That's crazy. Yeah. So just really quick kind of wanted to wrap up the, you know, the dairy-free case or the casein-free and gluten-free. Again, just it's a lot to take in mm-hmm. in, in this hour, but the, the diets usually produce benefits within one month if they're dairy-free, sometimes as quickly as one week. Gluten-free could take one to three months to produce benefits. So, and in some children and adults, the symptoms could be worse for just a few days. It's almost like a drug withdrawal yeah. due yep. to that, the opiate effect on the brain that we were talking about. And so another thing, and, you know, we just have about five minutes left, but I, so I'm kind of going to summarize some of our points here, but it's really important to know that these high sugar foods as well are going to affect behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a dessert type treat. It could be just a couple pieces of bread. It could be some chips. It could be popcorn. It could be a bagel. Mm-hmm. Is it going to skyrocket that blood sugar? Yeah. And then it's going to cause a crash. Mm-hmm. And that's going to lead to um, worse behavior and attentiveness, f- less ability to focus and concentrate. So, we're, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about balancing blood sugar. And But, Kristen, could you kind of share what's at grocery stores and what what we're seeing at grocery stores that we're bombarded with? Yeah, well, and unfortunately, it's a lot of the things that in the past um, I would have been given by a family or suggested to use as a positive reinforcer. Um, So a lot of times in the behavioral therapy that I would be doing, um, we would reinforce a positive behavior or something um, academically maybe that we were 
going for with a gummy worm or Skittles oh. or Starburst or um, French fries, um, anything that motivated the child. And for a two-year-old that is on the spectrum or any two-year-old, um, if if that's what motivates them, that is what we would be using um, and unfortunately, at that age, it's it's probably not broccoli and strawberries. And right. <laughs> um, so I had no idea, like I said, that I wasn't interested in nutrition. I was interested in seeing results. And now seeing that all of those foods had all sorts of dyes and chemicals and sweeteners, you know, it's just frustrating to know that I was hurting their brains while trying to strengthen their brains. Um but for a typical child or adult not dealing with autism, you know, they might be able to tolerate some of the additives, mm-hmm. but the autistic brain and body is so much more sensitive and likely to react negatively. The tricky thing about these foods is that they're addicting. We talked about how sugar, gluten, and casein have addictive properties. MSG, monosodium glutamate, it's a flavor enhancer um, that has addictive properties. That's going to be in a lot of Processed foods, when I say processed, I'm talking about frozen, canned, boxed, or or fast food. Julie Matthews, she wrote a wonderful book called Nourishing Hope. She talks internationally at autism conventions. And she says that when initially the gluten-free, casein-free diet doesn't seem to be working, that it's other toxic ingredients that need to be removed as well. Yeah, the body is very intricate, and you could be trying a gluten-casein-free diet, revamping everything in your house, and be a little frustrated that it's not quite taking off the way that you thought it might. Um, But there can be so many other factors involved in the process. So, you know, MSG is a neurotoxin. Aspartame is a neurotoxin. And and what's that one in? It's That's in the sodas, the Diet Pops, the Diet Mountain Dew. Um, Neurotoxin means that it's toxic to the brain. So all of these things can be a detriment to your child trying Mm -hmm. to advance in their learning and social skills. So a quick trip to McDonald's is going to provide, you know, trans fats, which are also toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are in the French fries. MSG is in the French fries. The French fries, by the way, have 19 ingredients. (laughs) At your trip to McDonald's, if you get a diet soda, you'll also get the aspartame and a lot of other additives and preservatives. So that's that's too many toxins on a sensitive system for autism spectrum disorders. Yep. And as we mentioned earlier, I mean, these can all be very hard habits to break. I remember a kid that would kick and scream every time they went by a Burger King. Um, because he knew there were French fries in there, and that's what he wanted. And so the family had to figure out a different route to take. I'm sure some of you really resonate with that, just so they wouldn't have to go past oh that gosh. that Burger King. And that was at the exit to get to their house. Mm-hmm. Um, so the good news is the cravings for these things will start to dissipate the longer the toxic food is avoided. But as Cara mentioned, some of the behaviors might spike before things get better, and a lot of that is just the child um, really kind of battling back about wanting a food that has become addictive in their body. Mm-hmm. And also the blood sugar piece. I mean, starting the day with the protein, the fat, um, to keep the blood sugar stable, that's going to keep a child calmer, and that's going to help them focus and keep them fed so they're maybe not craving the things that weren't great for them. So, you know, 
eating throughout the day, maybe not going more than three hours without eating something becomes really important. Maybe you're eating four to six times a day. And, the you know, proteins, too, that's going to help build neurotransmitters like the serotonin mm-hmm. and dopamine, which are typically deficient in autistic disorders. And we definitely need those healthy fats to balance out the blood sugar and support the brain. Um, And, you know, our brains are mostly fat, 60% fat. Most of that is DHA. And so there's a lot of research on supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids. So basically that's fish oil Mm -hmm. and taking that as a supplement. So Um, there's not a lot of foods that we've been talking about that kids like that contain those fatty acids. So maybe salmon, herring, sardines aren't sounding like something that you would give your kid, but the fish oil supplement would help with that. And if you're not getting that fish once a week, for sure, it's not mm -hmm. going to be supporting the brain. So get those omega-3s in. We also have a supplement called DHA that I saw help a lot of kids I work with, um, and we can give you more details on that. Um, if you call our offices. And I wish we had another hour to go yeah. because Holy cow. We, I wanted to recommend a good quality multivitamin. Mm-hmm. We've got a part B two here. complex. We mm-hmm. got to do another show. Yep. But it's time to wrap up. We want to thank you for listening. And it's exciting that research is pinpointing steps to help people with autism by adjusting the diet. Um, you know, hopefully we've given you some good tips today. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.